Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe, and we are back at it, okay? We're back at it, and we are talking Jets today. So much to discuss. Uh, the New York Jets have made a signing. Also, gonna we're going to break down this wide receiver core, man, and just talk about, you know, are the Jets better at wide receiver? Do we have what everyone, you know, is hoping that we would have going into the offseason? Are we happy with what we have? Does Zach Wilson have enough weapons to truly succeed um, as the New York Jets' new quarterback? So we got a lot to discuss. We're going to get right into it. But before we get into it, listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. So without further ado, folks, let's go ahead and get into the show. I am fired up, okay? I'm also on iTunes as well at The Long Beach Joe Show. Salutes to everybody that, you know, subscribes to me on there. If you haven't subscribed to me on there, please go subscribe to your boy on iTunes. Also, leave me some ratings, man. I need some five-star ratings. We need some comments. Salute to everybody that does that. I check those out. You know, I really uh, love hearing feedback that way as well. Got a lot of really great ratings. Salute to Mr. Magic. Uh, hit me with a lot of great ratings. So, please, go on iTunes, subscribe there, and uh, get, leave me a rating and let me know how you feel about the show. I'm also on Blog Talk Radio as well. Blog Talk Radio, the Long Beach Joe Show. You know, go over there. You can follow me on Blog Talk, you know, and listen to my show over there as well. I'm also on YouTube as well. That's where I live stream. For those of you that don't know, I live stream while I do the live radio show as well. So my live stream is Long Beach Joe Jets. You can go there. That's my YouTube channel. has all of my content on there, videos that I do, all those things. You know what I'm saying? And, again, you'll be able to check the live stream out when I go live on YouTube. Salute to everybody, you know, that watches me there, especially the savages in the chat. Salute to all of them. Uh, so, while I'm again, while I'm doing my radio show, I'm live streaming. We're having a blast, and we're talking just so please go over there, subscribe, you know, turn on your notifications, and give my videos a thumbs up, you know what I'm saying? So go ahead and do that, please. So, listen, we're getting into it tonight. We're talking all Jets, man. We got so much to discuss. The Jets have made a, a solid signing of Robert Blair, and we're going to get into that. But before we really start to discuss this Jets news, as everyone knows, I'm a Jets fan, and I'm from California, man. And there's a lot of people in other places as well that aren't necessarily in the Jersey area or didn't grow up there that, you know, are big Jets fans as well, that love this team, you know, through thin, that have dealt with so, so much and have gone through so much with this football team as well. And so tonight we're going to have a man on that runs a fan club in Tucson. His name is Rich Machoro. Rich, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. How are you doing, my man? Doing great, Joe. How are you doing, man? Thanks again for having me on, man. It's good to talk to you. It's always fun. Absolutely, man. Thank you again for coming on, man. It's always great to speak with you. Now, you're out there in Tucson doing your thing, man. You guys got a great group out there. You put on great events and do things. Can you please tell me what made you a fan of the New York Jets? Uh, what made me a fan? It's pretty much runs in the family, man. I just followed suit with my dad and my two brothers. And, you know, every Sunday morning, man, we were spoiled having the Jet games on, and whether it was NBC or whatever they were on back then. It was 
that's all it was, man. Jets, 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 and uh, and I don't know if I had a choice, man. I think it was, I think it was just <laughs> you're a Jet fan. And... <laughs> <laughs> it was just or nothing, huh? That's how it worked in your house. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know it. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. You know, I yeah, I hear it, Rich. There's a lot of people that said the exact same thing. You know, they look at the situation, and go, "Hey, look, I was going to be a Jets fan, and that was the end of discussion." You know, my family was not going to have it any other way, and that's oh, just yeah. how things worked out. Yeah. So you know, yeah, hey, that's... but the point is. Yeah, the the point is you in green now and that that's you know, that's what you love and, and we're having a great time. Now, Rich, oh, yeah. you talked about you talked about you being a Jets fan, your your family was instrumental in that, but how did your fan club come about, man? Uh well our fan club really came about when my basically when we first moved out here way back in ninety two, we had we were mm-hmm. so spoiled with them being on local T V back east. We came out here and we had nothing, man. It was, at the time, I think it was always the Cardinals were on. Uh, you had the, the Cowboys. You had the, the Raiders. So, basically, we, my brother and I, we just decided to go look for a place to watch the game. And we kind of just did a bunch of bar hopping, you know, looking for other fans. Uh, the two of us, we wound up meeting our buddy Adam. And then the three of us, again, we just kept going to different bars, looking for different fans. Little by little, we collected a few along the way. And really, what really sparked us was the Facebook thing, man. Once Facebook became a thing, we were able to put it out there. And that's when we kind of met up with the whole San Diego crew and things just escalated from there, man. We started with two or three people. Now, on a good day, there's maybe 80 of us watching the game every Sunday, and it's just so awesome, man. Wow, those are big numbers, man. Those are big numbers. Sometimes 80 of y'all sitting in there, you know, giving that jet oh, yeah. that is huge. That's huge. Yeah, that's that's a lot of people. It's a lot of fun for being out in Tucson. I would have never expected it, but it's 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 pretty awesome how much it's grown. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you talk about, you know, meeting up and how you guys put the club together, can you tell people where they can come, you know, just in case they're in your area? How can they come out and hang out with you? Where do you folks actually sit down? What is the establishment that you guys collect at and have fun and watch these games? Uh, Well, we're out at, it's called Putney's Pit Stop, and the address is 6090 North Oracle Road. It's right on the corner of Oracle and Rudisill. We pretty much have the whole entire outside patio to ourselves on game days, whether it's Sundays, Thursday nights, whatever. We're there, rain or shine, we're outside doing our thing, man. Mm. That's huge, man. Salute to you again, Rich. Um, But when you look at this situation, man, you're out there in Tucson. I know it's tough because that is Arizona Cardinals country. You know, I I was out there for a game. Man, we (laughs) – I went out there for a Jets game, and uh, we played the Cardinals. And this was when we had fits at the time. And, boy, was that a miserable experience. That was that was miserable. I know you remember that, Rich. That was, that was a miserable experience, man. You know, we got the brakes beat off of us, you know. But, I mean, everything else was beautiful. The food was great. Everything was good. But, you know, there was a Jets chant led all the way down the street to the stadium. But uh, so once we got in there, we were quickly reminded that, you know, this is Cardinals country, and we don't, you know, let any of that slide. And the Cardinals destroyed us, and, and you know, the Jets kind of self-imploded as well. It was just – it was horrific. But what is it like being a local – what is it like being a Jets fan in your local area, Rich? Because that, 
we see red and cardinal everywhere around there. Everywhere we went, there was a cardinal head letting you know what time it was. So what is it like being in your area, man? You know what? I got to say, where we're at, yeah, there's some cardinal fans, but we're we're surrounded by a lot of Cowboys, Raiders, and Steelers fans as well. But I'll tell you what, though, our – being a fan of the Jets, we get so much praise from all these other fans just because of the loyalty that we're showing week in and week out. I mean, you know, yeah. it's tough being a fan of this team, and but just the fact that we're always there representing, you know, we putting up ten points, putting up no points, <laughs> we're we're there. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I remember that game. I don't even remember what we scored, but it was horrific. That was bad. Really. Yeah, that was that real, is- real. Uh, yeah, the alcohol is flowing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that helps you, Rich. I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, you had That's had a couple, and you know, just <laughs> just let it slide. <laughs> you know, let it move on. That's, oh yeah. That's the best way. I'll tell you what. They were out yeah. there playing like they were. You know, it was crazy, man. It was absolutely crazy. I remember that game. It was so crazy and miserable to be there. But like you said, Rich, you know, you're out there toting your green and getting the respect there. Now, moving on from the past, because I'm ready to move on from that game, I want to talk to you about this current football team, man, because there's a lot of excitement surrounding it. You know, we've got new players in the building. We've, you know, we've had a draft as well, free agency we attacked. And I want to get your thoughts on this. How do you feel about this New York Jets football team rolling into this season? Uh, I, like you said, man, there is a lot of excitement. Um, I got to admit, I'm very excited about, our quarterback. I want to see what he mm. can do. It, but before I, I want to ask you a question actually about the draft. How will mm. you, what, what are your thoughts on us not getting Trevor Lawrence? Our, your thoughts on how a lot of people wanted us to tank. A lot of people wanted us to lose just so we can get him. I, mm. I caught a lot of, I caught a lot of slack for uh, wanting to win last year. And I think if you're oh, a fan okay. of this team, I don't. I didn't want to lose. I wanted to win. I don't care if we had one win, two wins. If it cost us Trevor Lawrence, I really don't care. Because if you're a true fan of this team, you you know what? You want to see a team win. I don't. You don't want to see them lose. So I just wanted to get yeah. your thoughts on that. You know, this is a great question, Rich. Let me tell you, you were not the only one getting flack, my man. I was as well. I was one of the oh. only people, um, <laughs> only Jets fans that was out there that was like, "Hey, look, I don't want to see the team lose every single week." I want them to go out there, put their best foot forward. If they win, wonderful. If they don't, you know, hey, it is what it is. But I wasn't, you know, pulling from my team to lose every single week. And my main reason was, you know, there's other quarterbacks if we take a quarterback. Again, I was a big Sam supporter. I was a guy also saying during the year that we should keep him and try to, you know, trade down, get yeah, more capital, and build exactly. around him because we never built yep. around him properly, right? So I was saying yeah, that as well. And I also said that, hey, if, even if we miss out on Trevor Lawrence, there's other guys. And, you know what I'm saying, it, it is what it is. We can move forward, coach up another guy behind him. And I caught flack, too. I was told I was mm-hmm. stupid. I was told that Trevor yep. Lawrence was the only quarterback <laughs> in, the, in, in the draft that mattered. You remember that, Rich? Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Only, I remember it really well. Oh, yeah. He's the only <laughs> He's the only quarterback in the draft that matters. He's the only one that's ever going to be able to do anything. Joe, you're crazy. None of these order, none of these other <laughs> quarterbacks are, are are good. They're all trash. That's what I was told, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Lo and yeah. behold, we missed out on Trevor Lawrence, you know, because we won those games. And then out of nowhere, the Zach Wilson fire starts, and it's just raging. 
I'm talking radio. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Rich, all, everything that was told to me was all forgotten, and everybody loves Zach Wilson, and we take Zach. I had no yeah, issues exactly. passing on. <laughs> yeah, I had no issues passing on Trevor Lawrence because honestly, I was a big Justin Fields guy as well. Not only was I, you know, a Sam supporter, and I wish him nothing but the best of where he's at, but I was a big Justin Fields guy, and I thought that hey, even if we miss out on Trevor, Justin is going to be right there. Let's take him and move on. So that was yeah. my whole deal. But yeah, I, I was also hit uh, pretty bad there. Uh, you know, with the, the oh, Trevor, not you know necessarily caring whether we get Trevor or not. I was bashed too there, Rich. But my, my question is, yeah, yeah, that was a great question. But how are you feeling about us now with Zach Wilson? Are you good? Do you think that he'll be able to have success early in his career here with what we have? I I do. You know what? I'm always going to stay positive. And to start with Beckton and Veriteka on that left, Vera Tucker on that left side. I think. That's great for him. He's going to have a lot of protection. I like the receiving core. I like the Corey Davis pickup. Mims is our guy, man, going downfield. Crowder over the middle. I just, I love it. I mean, I, I'm, again, I'm staying positive, and I'm telling you, this team's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So my final question before I let you go, Rich, is what are your thoughts about the coaching hire we made? Are you big on Robert Sulla? You know, truthfully, I really didn't know too much about him. But the more I'm reading up, the more I'm seeing about him. I, I like him. I like the fire that he's got. Uh, I I got nothing bad to say about the guy, man. And yeah. all I want is for him to bring us that Lombardi trophy, and everybody's going to love him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Listen, Rich, it's been phenomenal to speak to you. Before I let you go, go ahead and give everybody listening – Give them all the information that they they can that you can to have them get in touch with you. You know, again, where your club hangs out. You know, how to contact you folks on social media, any phone numbers, anything, any events that you folks are doing as well, so that they can get get involved in them. Give them every single piece of information, man. Yeah. So we again, we're at Putney's six zero nine zero North Oracle Road. We got that whole outside patio. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us on the Facebook, just look up Tucson Jets fans, and everything's going to come up. You're going to see uh, so many events that we have posted throughout the year, not only during the season, but we do so much as a group outside in the off season. We have right now we have an upcoming river trip. Uh, we're going to do that in a couple weeks actually, and some of the San Diego guys are going to come once again. Uh, we have mm-hmm. our kickoff party coming up. We this London game that we have this year. Because it's so early, we're probably going to do a whole sleepover, breakfast thing in the morning. Uh, mm. And you know what? i got to say something else, man. In February, we are, uh, myself, I actually met my fiance, who was part of the San Diego Jets fan club. And we're getting married okay. in February. And this is a New York Jets-themed wedding, Joe. So, you know what? I'm giving you the official invite right now, brother. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Rich, it, listen, if I can make it, I will definitely be there. Rich, salutes to you, man. Salutes. Thank mm-hmm. you for the invite. Salutes to you and congratulations on your marriage, man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that, is so special. <laughs> that is Thanks so lot, special. Brother. It's listen, always great talking with you, man. Absolutely <laughs> it is. Listen, Rich, I want to thank you for coming on tonight, man. You have a good night, my friend. You do the same, brother, and we'll celebrate very soon, all right? Absolutely. You have a good one, all right? Yeah, you take care. All right. 
Listen, Rich calling in. I love it. I love it, man. Not only so that was Rich Matrell of the Tucson uh, Jets fan club. Again, you folks can get involved with him on all the ways that he listed as well. They're on Facebook too at Tucson Jets fan club. Please go there, you know, and get involved with those folks. Phenomenal club. Again, I went to a game. Uh, you know, chatted with everyone. All the good things that they have going on. Again, salute and congratulations to Rich. Uh, you know, getting married, uh, meeting his his wife. She's also a Jets fan as well, part of that San Diego Jets club. Just salute to everything he's got going on. So, again, if you're in the Tucson, Arizona area and you love green or you're just big about football, please go over there and get involved with everything they're doing in Tucson with that Tucson Jets club. So now with that said and done, we're going to move forward and we're going to discuss this football team, man. We're going to discuss everything that the New York Jets have coming on. We're going to talk about all the things that they have happening right now as far as the wide receiver position. Uh, you look at this situation here, man, and boy, oh boy, you know, we've gotten ourselves some talent. Some people have questions. Some people, um, you know, are still wondering, do we have an actual number one wideout? I know that there's some people that aren't necessarily happy with us only getting Corey Davis. They wanted other guys that were out there as well. Of course, we signed Keelan Cole as well. Uh, as a wide receiver in free agency, we really, you know, tapped the market as much as we could. But some people wanted bigger names. Some people wanted bigger guys. Um, some people look at Corey Davis and question, you know, whether he can come here and really fill in that number one role. And a lot of people are saying, hey, he's never had a thousand yards in his career. He's never had a thousand yards in one season. He's never done that. That's a big question. Um, some people look at him and say, hey, you know, even though he hasn't necessarily had that there, uh, you know, at the former team that he was at with the Titans, guess what? He can come here and he can do that. He'll be our number one weapon. We have a young quarterback that he can, you know, that can go to him often. He's also a great run blocker as well. That's a big part um, of his game too, which really helps us because the running game I think is going to be instrumental for us this season. So a lot of people are happy about that too. And there's a lot of questions from some people about whether he can carry the load. Then you look at the other wide receivers we have. Mims, I think it's, it's going to be, you know, have an improved year. Uh, he's a kid that's coming in that we saw be used last season. Some people were saying that he was misused. Some people were saying, you know, that they don't know where he's going to stand. This is going to be a very big year for him. He didn't even score a touchdown last year. But he had some games where we saw big flashes, big flashes last year out of him. Um, you know, we saw that he had solid hands. We saw that he could be covered. But, again, when you look at the situation, I think he was put in with Adam Gaze, I think he was just kind of set up to fail. There was a lot of guys that struggled in that system. Uh, you look at the situation with Crowder, who's another name as well. A lot of people have already pushed him outside of the door. You know, they're ready to move on from him because of other moves that we've made as well, especially with the drafting of Elijah Moore. But I'm a guy that's a big fan of keeping him because if you look back and you look at the situation with Crowder, he was our best wide receiver last season, hands down. This was a guy that, you know, really came in and put things together and put on, and I think he'd be successful in this season too. Also, Elijah Moore on the roster. That's a big question as well. A guy that I think people were surprised that we took in the first round or in the second round, excuse me, because we were looking for, uh, you know, offensive line help. But that value with him being there, whew, it was undeniable. So they ended up taking him at the top of the second, and he comes in, and a lot of people are saying, hey, he's going to be the X factor. He's going to be the guy that Zach Wilson is probably going to be very fond of getting the ball to. We're also seeing them already build a rapport off the field as well. We've seen them basically – 
you know, really be paired together in a lot of pictures. They're going to a lot of outings together, really building that chemistry between each other because you become, you know, not just connected on the field but connected off the field. So, and this is a guy that has extreme athletic ability, extreme. There was a lot of people that were extremely, extremely, um, you know, surprised that he was sitting there in the second round. Another guy that I think a lot of people aren't talking about within our wide receiver core as well is Cole, Keelan Cole, a guy that was with the Jags, veteran guy. He's coming in. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. This is a guy that still has big ability that can come in. And, of course, he's not a number one or a two, not for us, but he's going to come in and maybe fill out that, that you know, he might be moved around, maybe that three, maybe that four role, and he's going to have to make defenses be accountable for him as well or he'll, he'll burn you. We've seen him be able to make plays too. So this, I'm telling you, this wide receiver room, this wide receiver core is extremely competitive, and that's just a couple guys. You know, I haven't talked about Jeff Smith. I haven't talked about Pager as well, that we're looking to see what happens with him. Can he stay healthy? There's just so much to talk about in this wide receiver area. And, again, we're going to break it down. Also today as well, the Jets uh, look to bring in Robert Blair. They're looking to bring him and sign him in. So they're going to sign him. Uh, Robert Blair is a former, we all know he's a former Niner defensive end. Um, you know, Robert Sola is pretty big on him, man. Pretty big on this guy. Uh, he was on the PUP a little while ago for the Niners. Uh, I think he missed uh, last year. He had a he had a knee surgery. And he tore his ACL, I think, in 2019. You know, but when this guy's on the field, he's a guy that can push the pocket. He's a guy that can be added to our mix as a pass rusher. Another guy that's going to be in that fold. Another guy that we can move around within that, you know, rotation that's going to be able to come in and get after guys. So I'm excited to hear about him as well. The depth is there. I want to talk to you folks about that too. Again, Call in, folks. We're going to get to these lines really quickly. 929-929, all right? That's, that's the number here. It's 515-602-9639. Again, 515-602-9639. Call in, folks. Call in. We are talking Jets. We are talking wide receivers. We're talking about the team, man, and we're going to get into it again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639. Call in, and we're getting to it. So, we're going to get to these lines, all right? First guy I'm going to, Big Green. This is my guy, Big Green, here on the line. Big Green, mind your background, mind your background. Is this Big Green? Yes, yes, yes. Oh. What's going on, Big Green? How How's doing, it going, you know? man? Oh, good. By the way, right. happy Memorial Day to you. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's all right. Salute to everybody as well. Happy Memorial Day to everybody. I hope you had uh, good times with your friends and family out there. But listen, Big Green, I want to get into it, man. When you look at the situation and our wide receiver core, do you think we'll have a wide receiver break 1,000 yards this year? No, I don't think we'll have a wide receiver make 1,000 yards, but I think it's, it's going to be more like uh, he's just going to diverse, uh, diversify. He's going to put the ball all over the place. Well, we wish uh, Sam Darnold did, but uh, yeah, he's going to spread it out, and I don't, we're not going to have a thousand-yard rusher either. I believe uh, wow. Ty Johnson and Michael Carter will be the uh, leading backs. Okay, okay. Um, so when you look at this situation here, when you're saying not a thousand-yard receiver, who, what receiver within this receiving core do you think will have the most yards, and why? Mims. Denzel Mims. Hmm. I, re- I really like his uh, speed. He's going to get underneath that ball, Zach Wilson, and he can contort his body in order to make it like any catch. So I'm really excited to see what him. I actually think he might uh, make the Pro Bowl this year. 
wow, 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 wow. You have big expectations from him. So what is your thought about Corey Davis then? I mean, what do you think he brings to the table? Because Corey Davis is the guy we actually brought in to be the number one here. Are you thinking that Corey won't be able to break things here? Oh, I think I think Corey's going to basically take the number one corners, uh, draw them away from uh, Mims until I switch it up. And then when that happens, I think Corey Davis is going to go off. So I think it's uh, like a one-two punch. Okay. Well, you know, I look at this situation. I'm saying, you know, I I think that Mims is going to be – Exciting this year. I don't know, you know, if he'll have a thousand yard year. I don't know about that just yet. That's a solid jump, but you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily dislike it at all if he did. If he comes in and be extremely successful, I could see that. But I think Corey Davis is the guy that I think we're going to see a lot of balls go his way this year, quite a bit, man. Especially with him being a big time target there. And again, I know you're really high on him, but I'm really looking to see what Corey Davis can bring to the table as well. And my final question before I let you go is. What are your thoughts about what people say about uh, Corey Davis's blocking ability in the running game? How do you feel that that uh, brings a different kind of kind of skill set to our team as far as offense? Oh, well, that's how we had all those big games back when uh, we went to the AFC title game. Like our receivers were able to block. It's gonna open up things big time. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna have a very exciting year, and then next year it's gonna be even better. But yeah. I gotta get going. Just, All right, you have a good one. Listen, Big Green calling in, giving his take before he gets on the go. He's got to be careful out there, everybody listening, driving again. I want to thank everybody for calling in, but be careful. But listen, this wide receiver court, there's a lot of competition to be had there. There absolutely is. And there's a lot of depth now. And things have changed. Last year, we struggled quite a bit, especially with injuries, too. Our wide receiver core was all over the place. We had a lot of problems keeping guys healthy, and then when we finally got them healthy, there was a lot of questions as far as talent, Rashad Perryman, and all the issues that we had. We had Hogan on the field at one point. And the reason why I want to talk about, again, this wide receiver core tonight is because the last wide receiver that the New York Jets had that had 1,000 yards in a season, it was Brandon Marshall. That was 2015. That's a long-ass time ago, man. <laughs> that was a long ass time ago. All right, that was a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we haven't had anybody be able to step into that role and really be kind of a go-to guy for us and provide our quarterback with something that you know is a consistent weapon. We've had really bad offenses since then as well. So. We'll see what's going to happen, man. We'll continue with these lines. Again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639. Call in. I want to talk to everyone tonight about the New York Jets and everything that they got going. Next, I'm coming to 848. I think it's my guy, Anthony. I'm coming to my guy, Anthony, right now. Anthony, salutes to you. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Anthony, give me your thoughts. Who do you think has the most catches in our wide receiver group this year? What's up, Joe? Um, I'll be doing well. Um, so, obviously, this is a really talented wide receiver group. You got Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, James McCrowder, Elijah Moore. But if I can see anyone having the most catches, I seriously think it's going to be Corey Davis. Because I, mm. I just think, like, you know, like, he's actually going to get a bigger chance here than he did in Tennessee. Like, obviously, yeah. The Marcus Mariota situation was really weird, and even with Tannehill, he didn't get, get too many receptions. Like last year, he had 65 receptions for 
984 yards. He got he almost got 1,000 yards, and he didn't even get the ball that much. I really think that we're going to target him the most. Like, this is a guy I really liked coming out of free agency. I had a feeling the Jets were going to sign a guy. This just makes sense. I really like his game. Like you said, he's good at blocking. And the good, the good thing is we're going to pair him up with Mims at blocking. And I just think we're going to target him a lot this year. I just have a really gut feeling we're just going to see him get the most targets this season. Yeah. And you touched on his run blocking, man. What do you think that that brings to this offense? Or how do you think it benefits the New York Jets coming into this season with, you know, all the things that we have going into the running game? <laughs> um, I think it's really going to help, man. He's going to be able to give guys enough room to run. This guy's like Corey Davis. He's a big guy, dude. Six three. I think he can give us. He like I, I. Everybody knows how good he is at blocking. And the thing is, you're pairing up a minute, man. I think that's really, really good, man. Two big guys. I think it's really going to help us out a lot. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's a great take, Anthony. You brought up Mims. That's where I was going to go with you next. Uh, we got my guy James Morgan. He's going off. James Morgan says he's a future Hall of Famer in this league. He's going off in the chat. Salute to everybody in the chat. We got James Morgan in the house. He's a certified star. He's ready to go, all right? He's absolutely ready to go this year. Let's go. James in the chat letting us know, but you brought up Mims, man, and a lot of people have big expectations for him this year. Yep. You know, yep. do you think that Mims will be healthy? Do you think he'll have a, be healthy this full season? Because last year he had an issue there. Could you see him being healthy this full year? Definitely, man. Uh, it's just like I know we're really hoping he can stay healthy this year, man. This is his second year. I know I'm not really going to judge him as first. I know he was hurt, dude. But other than that, man, I'm not really going to judge him, dude. He was in an Adam Gates offense, dude. I really want to see what he can do in this LaFleur offense. I think he's going to be way more involved. I think we're going to give him so many more touches. I got big expectations for this year, and I really, really hope he stays healthy this season. Yeah. How many TDs do you think he catches? Because he, he didn't have any mm-hmm. last year. I, how many, I, TDs, I, I how many times he, do you think he gets an end zone receiving this year? I can see it um, being five to six touchdowns. I really can, can possibly see that, man. Like, again, like mm-hmm. it really depends. On, this is about every wide receiver. It's not just men. It's about every wide receiver. We have to see how Zach Wilson's going to play how much target each of these guys are going to get, man. But if, if Zach Wilson is throwing the ball to Mims most of the time, dude, I think he can get he can go, get into the five to six touchdown range. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's another guy that we drafted as well. Um, yep. This guy, Elijah Moore. A lot of people are over the moon about him and what he'll bring <laughs> to the table. What do you think his role is going to be within this offense, man? Listen, man, um, I really want him to start, dude, but I know Crowder's still there, and Crowder might be a little upset that he's still on this team. That I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that um, we drafted a, a slot with Roger Seaver just like Crowder, so maybe Crowder already knows that his time in New York might be coming to an end really, really soon. But listen, mm, so you're ready to move on, Crowder? Listen, me, um, I just really just want to see Elijah Moore just get way more I just want him to get more snaps than Crowder like I don't think Crowder's going to be here that much longer I think maybe he'll last another year here but I just like you want to see him and Zach Wilson grow with each other man these are these are two talented players dude and like I really just want to see this chemistry because you can tell already they're they're building chemistry uh, they're going out to dinner and stuff like that I feel like they're trying to do their best to build their chemistry together so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
Look, I, I hear you there, man. So my final question, and again, you're bringing the fire, Anthony. You're bringing the absolute <laughs> fire so far. What are your thoughts about Robert Blair and the signing? What do you think he brings to the table for the New York Jets uh, defense? Um, so I think this is, he's going to be a rotational guy. I know he drew a similar Robert Sala. Um, I mean, he hasn't played in about two years. And I really, I really like him. Man. I think he, I think he's pretty, he's pretty solid. Um, but I don't think he's gonna, like I said, he's gonna be, he's gonna be rotating with the guys out there. And you could tell, um, Robert Sala. This is one of Robert Sala's guys that he really, really likes. Man, if you, if you um, saw what he said about him this morning, you would have. It's cool, man. It's just, I, I think this is just depth. To be honest, it, it's not. A, it's obviously it's not a big, big signing. But I just think this is going to be a, a we're, we're going to rotate him a lot. He's he's depth, in my opinion. But I really I pre, I pretty much like it. I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah. Look, Anthony, I, I respect your takes, man. You absolutely brought it tonight. Audience, give this man a hand, man. Give him a hand. Take to what he brought to the table. Listen, Anthony, again, I want to thank you for calling in. We're going to continue on with these lines. They are hot. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639. Call in. We're taking all callers. We're getting to these lines. Next, I'm going to my guy, E. I'm going to my guy, E. We're coming directly to you, E. First off, I want to thank you for calling in tonight, E. E, listen, give me your thoughts on Denzel Mims, man. How many catches do you think he has this year? Joe, what's going on, man? Hope you're doing well. So before I say that, I, I got to respond to this. Um, you have James Morgan up in your chat. I have a YouTube channel, too, and he's always flooding my comment section asking me to react to his highlights. So I, I guess I got to do that sometimes. So shout out to you, James Morgan. I don't even talk football on my channel, but, hey, man, shout out to James Morgan. I guess I'll have to react to some highlights. But, uh, yeah, getting to uh, some men. I, I mean, I'm not necessarily a stats guy. Like, I'm, I'm awful with football stats, but I do think, Mims will lead the team in receptions this year. I think I think he has legit shot to be a thousand yard receiver this year. He excels really well at mm. back shoulder passes and Zach Wilson does that really well. In the Charger game towards the end he was making some really impressive catches. He played really well with uh, with Flacco last year. Just because Flacco's, you know, he Mims is kind of more of a downfield kind of threat and Flacco was a better downfield passer last year. So I think that's mm. that's definitely one of Wilson's big strengths. So yeah, I think Mims will be a the leading receiver on this team, probably the best receiver on this team. You know, that's not no oh. disrespect to Corey Davis, Crowder, more, but I think I think Mims is going to have a huge breakout season this year. So when you're saying that, then what exactly do you think is going to happen with Corey Davis? Do you think he's going to be our main red zone target, or where exactly do you put him? Like, how many yards do you think he'll have this season? Then? I think – you know, yeah, he'll, I think he'll come in clutch in the red zone. I think he'll have more touchdown receptions than Nims. Um, I think, like, what's great about Corey Davis, too, is he's probably going to go up against the number one corner on the opposing team more times than not. So, you know, that opens up, you know, opportunities for Mims to make plays against the other corner and stuff like that. You know, even if he's not getting targeted or catching the ball, he's still being productive, which that's great about having. You know, a lot of teams that just, you know, you say get one good wide receiver – and then you're good. Well, then, you know, they get doubled up, and the other guys are useless. Like, how, how far can that get you? So I think having the yeah. depth that we have at the receiver position this year, 
So I think Corey Davis could be around like an 800 yard receiver. Like there's there's a lot of you know there's a lot of targets, which is crazy from last year. I mean, we had Chris Hogan going out there who's freaking playing lacrosse now, um, and we had all these <laughs> random guys, man. And um, and like and Jeff Smith, who actually had a pretty good game against uh, Denver one game, but like who else? Uh, Josh Malone and who knows Lawrence Kaiser. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we actually have legitimate talent, and like also like the depth that I receive this year is ridiculous. I mean, Crowder slash Moore is our four with Keelan Cole as the five. I mean, all the reports yeah. came out from OTAs the other day of like Zach throwing some sweet passes to Keelan Cole. You're like, oh shoot, I forgot we have him too. And, like, you know, injuries mm-hmm. are going to happen. It's football, especially the receiver position. You know, you're going to get hit a bunch, and there's going to be injuries. Right? It sucks to say it, but it's, it's going to happen. You know, probably a lot yeah. more now with the new uh, medical staff. And then Gase also has a big history with injuries, whether it's a coincidence or something he does. It's true. He, his teams always get hurt. So having that depth, yeah. it, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you're bringing a fire, like you said as well. Having that depth, especially in the NFL, like you said, injuries happen. And if you look at a lot of the top offenses in this league, from the Saints to, you know, the Chiefs, so on and so forth, they have depth. So when things go bad or things go wrong, guess what? They can continue forward. Of course, they're not going to be as great as they are, you know, with their normal starters, but they'll still be able to be productive. They won't fall off of a cliff like we've seen in the New York Jets. Uh, happened in the past with them offensively. If one guy goes down or another guy goes down, all of a sudden we can't do anything. That that's not what's going to happen because again we have so many guys now. So now my question for you now is: Do you think that this is the year that we will have a wide receiver break a thousand yards for us? I think it's a very strong possibility, and I think that guy would be Denzel Mims. I mean, was it been six years at this point since Marshall? I mean, yeah, the, the thing is, the, the, yeah, it's crazy. The, the only reason yeah. that, like, I, you know, I wouldn't, you know, yards aren't necessarily makes a receiver good or not because there's a lot of targets to go around. Don't forget, they're probably going to run the ball quite a bit too. I mean, in San Francisco, they put a big emphasis on the run game, especially this year with a younger quarterback. And, you know, you, you got other targets too, like, you know, Elijah Moore, Crowder, you know, Herndon, your, your guy. Um, and uh, yeah. so, you know, having that number one guy, you know, you know, the, the term number one receiver, I think, gets thrown out around a little too much. You, you don't necessarily need one guy who does literally everything. Like that's great to have, obviously, but having a bunch of guys who can do, you know, have good skill sets and as well, maybe aren't number one receivers. Like some of the best offenses, hell, the the Rams. I don't know if they have a number one receiver. They have two really good receivers. I don't know if you consider them number one receivers. And that's kind of what I like what we're doing here. We're going to spread the football around, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I hear you, man. I'm looking forward to spreading the ball around, like you said as well, because we have so many guys with ability. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm excited about as well. Now, listen, I want you to give me the wide receiver that you feel like is being talked about the least, but can definitely have a big time impact coming into next season. Yeah, Jameson Crowder. People forget this guy exists. Oh, let's cut him. No, Jameson Crowder's great. I mean. Uh-huh. He's- He's great as a great security blanket. You know, Darn really relied on him, you know, to get open, especially, in, you know, during scramble drills and stuff like that. I think, you know, he's really good mm-hmm. underneath. And, you know, you can have multiple smaller guys on the field at a time. I mean, the Chiefs do it all the time. You you don't you can have, you know, yeah, like I said, multiple guys who aren't, you know, 6'2 on the field. So you can have more and 
Crowder on the field at the same time. Hell, you could put more on the backfield and have Crowder on the field. Like, people are, like, forgetting this guy exists. You know, I get it. Yeah, it's going to be his last year with the Jets most likely, but he's still a great mm-hmm. player. You know, like, seriously, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Listen, my final question for you, E, before I let you go, you're bringing the fire right now is, what are your thoughts about the signing of Robert Blair? How, what do you think he brings to the table for the New York Jets? You know, I'm I'm not too familiar with him, but what he does bring is depth to the edge group, which it, it really needs. And he's a Robert Sala guy. We all kind of expected, you know, more 40, former, uh, former 40, 49ers to come in this year. That didn't really happen, but, you know, he's going to help, you know, implement the culture, the system, all that. You know, he's depth. The fact that we went from having guys like, you know, Jordan Jenkins, Phil Basham, and you know, no disrespect to them. They're not necessarily starting edge players. To have this guy as, you know, more of a depth guy with, you know, Lawson, yep. JFM, Curry, higher on the depth chart, you need bodies. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not too familiar with him. I know he didn't play last year because of an injury, but I guess, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Listen, E, this was a heck of a call from you, man. Give him a hand. Yeah, yeah, man. Give him a hand. This was a very solid call from you, E. You really called in with some hot takes, man. Listen, I want to thank you for calling in, my friend. You have yourself a good night, all right? Yeah, you too, man. I was going to ask you one thing. You said you want to do some streams, like doing reactions and stuff. Can you please do a reaction <laughs> to your video from uh, when a Jets trade for Tim Tebow? Because that's like one of the funniest <laughs> videos I've ever seen. Yeah, listen, everybody, you know, that's listening to your blog talk, ITU, you listen to the show. Also, you know, again, we stream all kinds of things over here, gaming, we'll do reaction. Yeah, I'll look into that, E. I'll definitely. Uh, <laughs> I know you, that's you might have to censor video. it, though. You were cursing a lot in that video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was, you know, I was young, I was a young guy, I was very upset, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I was young, I was very upset, Uh, wasn't happy about that, but yeah, salute to you, E, for going back into, you know what I'm saying, going back into the past and checking that out, that is definitely, you know, some historical (laughs) stuff for me on my channel, but listen, I gotta keep going, these lines is burning, salute to you, man, you have yourself a good night. (laughs) Yeah, bro, have a good night, man. All right. Listen, E calling in with the fire. We're going to continue to go to these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639. Call in. You know, be patient. The lines are cooking right now. We're going to get to everybody. Next, I'm going to my guy, 845-845. I'm coming directly to you. I want you to give me your thoughts on this New York Jets wide receiver core, and do you think we'll finally have a wide receiver break a thousand yards for us this, this season. What's up, Joe? What's up, Joe? Pleasure to be on the show. Um, I love what the Jets have done with the wide receiver court. I like just take a step and just let's take a moment to just, you know, mourn last year's wide receiver group and appreciate mm-hmm. the night and day difference between like the depths that we have first and foremost. Um, but what, I, but I think that when it comes down to getting a thousand yard receiver, it's possible. It just, it really depends on the play calling. And I think a lot of people haven't been talking about that. Mike LaFleur has not been um, – he's the first-time play caller this year. And uh, so we'll see how he does. You know, we, ha- we know what, there was a big uh, problem with Adam Gase last year with play calling. I do mm-hmm. believe there will be improvement because of the system we're running. And, um, come on, it's Adam Gase. So, I mean, Mike LaFleur should be a lot – tons better. Um, 
especially with the Shanahan system. However, when it comes to a thousand yard receiver, it it, it it may or may not happen. If it is, if it does happen, I predict it to be Elijah Moore though. Um, mm. He looks like uh, yeah. I think they're going to use some kind of like how they used Debo Samuel you, back in San Francisco. You think he gets a thousand yards in his first year? I think it's possible because I think that he's wow. going to be the guy they use for. They, he's he's going to be a playmaker. What? They're going to put the they're going to okay. put the ball in his hands and just say go. So he'll be on you know handoffs, screens. I think that he's a guy they see as being a game breaker. Um, mm-hmm. I do think it's potential that he could he could break out in his rookie season, especially if him and Zach have that chemistry. And if the system, how they use him in D, how they use Debo Samuel in San Francisco, I think he's going to be the same kind of player. So um, it's just about a matter of getting the balls in his hands and see what he 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 can work with it. Okay. Yeah. You know. Look. I, you know. I think it's going to be tough, especially if you're talking about him coming in and having a thousand yards. I think, it, to me, in my opinion, I think it's more likely for Corey Davis or Mims to have a thousand yards. But if Elijah does, that'd be phenomenal as well. And that leads me to my next question for you: When you look at Corey Davis, this is a guy that I mean, he's phenomenal wideout. There's a lot of people questioning if he is a legit number one though for us. I want you to give me your thoughts on him, and do you think he'll be our big red zone target? Yeah, definitely red zone. Him and Mims will be big red zone targets. Um, and if Christopher Hernan pops off this year, he'll you know he bounces back. He'll be a red zone target. Uh, but when it comes to Corey Davis specifically, um, yeah, he reminds me of when we signed um, Braylon Edwards like back in 2010. You know, and if he's healthy, he can put up a thousand yards too. Like if he's healthy, yeah. He plays every single game. There's no, there's no reason why Corey Davis can't um, be the leading, leading receiver on this team, you know. Uh, but it, it, it's a matter of you know everybody staying healthy. Obviously, we got uh, new staff in here, so I, I be, and I believe uh, there's no reason to believe anybody's going to be uh, injured because it's just you know things accidents happen. People will be injured, but we don't know who, who could be. It could be anybody. Obviously, he got injured um, with his shoulder. He landed on it. Hopefully, he gets uh, he's feeling better and he just two days off, come back to training camp, and hopefully he's ready to go. Um, uh, obviously, we got Q. He's going to be back before the season. So injuries kind of just happen during the season, and we never know. So, but I just hope if any if if all, if if, he, if any receiver on our team, and that's the beauty of it, we have so many talented receivers right now that if anybody's consistently there for all 17 games, anybody has the potential to hit a thousand. Out of the top four guys, Crowder. Um, Elijah Moore, Mims, and Corey Davis. Any one of them has that have that potential, to be honest. So mm-hmm. um, that's cool. Like, comparing this wide receiver group to last year, I mean, uh, I'm I'm actually happy to see what what happens. Yes, absolutely. So my next question for you is: When you you talked about you know Corey Davis, Mims, and Elijah Moore, what are your expectations for Crowder within this offense? I know a lot of people are honestly kind of some people are talking about already moving on from him. Some people, you know, like myself as well, want to keep him just in case, you know, something happens. Or, you know, I want to keep him as well just because he can definitely put some things together and and really benefit us offensively. I mean, how do you feel about, you know, him going into this season? And what are your thoughts about the expectations of what he produces during the season as well? Uh, Crowder, 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 he's that guy, man. I I really like Crowder a lot. And, um it's just a matter of the system, how the system fits, you know, uh, and I think that he's going to fit it perfectly, but it, 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 he's just another, you know, wide receiver. You know, I, right now he's just not no wide receiver that can, that can move, that can get open. I think that once we get 
into the swing of things of the season. We'll see mm-hmm. how Zach meshes with the group. And obviously I believe that there will be somebody who's his favorite target. We don't know who. It could be somebody that, you know, we don't expect. It could be Kenny Yaboa. You, know, you never know. But it's a matter of how – it's so hard to predict these things because we have a brand-new squad, brand-new team, brand-new coach. I think the the definitely the play calling is going to determine, you know, what Zach is comfortable with and what um, potential receivers get, you know, get the touches because they're all supremely talented. But I, I definitely want to keep Crowder. You know, because he can do some of the same things Elijah Moore can do. So they both can be interchangeable in, their, in certain packages. You know, so let's say, uh, you know, uh, whoever starts, maybe, uh, you know, uh, Crowder starts or, or Elijah starts, the other one gets tired, put somebody else in, mm-hmm. it's like they can do the same thing. You know, kind of like, you know, we, never, we don't lose a beat on the offense. So I think we're in a great spot to, to really find out what this team is made of. You know, and I, and I do think we have enough weapons for Zach. I do think that right now, it's all on them to put it together. You know, there's nobody on the offense that I think it, like we need to fix this spot on our offense. Like I think we've we've addressed everything pretty much, and it's a matter of all right. Let's see what you guys can do. Yeah, you know that's a great take there. And my next question for you is, and my final question for you is, what veteran players on this team are currently in danger of losing their starting spots to a young player? Ooh. <laughs> That's a good question, bro. That's a good question. In danger, Let's I go. mean, we just talked about Jameson Crowder, so we'll see how how they mm-hmm. use him. And uh, you know, uh, he's definitely the veteran I would I would go to first. But other than that, <laughs> um, we got we I got mean, let me, a, let me, a lot let me of help. we got a lot of DBs. We got a lot of DBs. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I think that uh, homie homie Bless Song Bless Song got to look out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, okay. about to, he's about to lose his job. I'm, I don't want to call for anybody's job to be lost on this job. I love Lesson. I really do. Lesson, like, he, he, he just needs a little bit more, something extra. I don't know what it is. He's not terrible, but he's not – he might not be starting potential at this point in his career, unfortunately. Uh, on, on this squad, I want to see some of the rookies get a shot. Um, and mm-hmm. if they can ball out, uh, then Lesson by – you know, you know, week whatever might not be starting, or if the, he might not, you know, be starting depending on how they go with the starting roster. You know, after training camp, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Look, listen. You had a call, okay? I threw, you know, a little something match you. See, I always like hearing your take, but you had a call. Give him a hand, Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for calling in, man. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you. You have a good night, my friend. That's right. You too. Have a good night. Go Jets. All right. Listen, listen, go Jets. Listen, we're talking tonight. All right. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in again. When you call in, please don't call in and hang up. Call in and hang up. I know people, you know, do different things. That's not how it works on my show. When you call in, you're putting a queue. I can see you, all right? Just call in. Wait your time. The lines are full tonight. They're cooking. We're going to get to everybody. We're having great discussion about the New York Jets and everything that we have going on at the wide receiver position. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. And, again, when you call in, please don't curse on my show, all right? Don't curse when you call into my show because I will get you out of here. And I'm talking fast. 
fast, okay? I'll get you out of here real fast. Faster we got Adam Gaze out here. Get that. Out of here. <laughs> no, 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 no. That guy Gaze was a bum. I am so glad that he is gone. Why? Because now we can see what we actually have offensively. All right? So I'm happy about that. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639. Call in, and please be patient. The lines are hot. We're going to get to everybody. So next we're going to, I think this is a new caller, 631. We're coming directly to you. 631, give me your name, where you're from, and give me your thoughts about this New York Jets wide receiver core. Do you think we have a wide receiver on this current roster that will be able to break 1,000 yards this upcoming season? Oh, man. Uh, Rusty. Rusty Spooner. <laughs> What's hey, up, Joe? Rusty. Bro, what is going on? Listen, everybody, Rusty Spooner, we go back and forth constantly. <laughs> Listen, Rusty, you on? We're live. We're talking right now. I know you got a lot of takes. Who do you think is going to break 1,000 yards for us this year if we have a wide receiver that will do that? Uh, I don't think it will be one. Honestly, I think it might be two because – Okay. Uh, just because of that 17-game season that we now have, too, that adds another wrinkle into it. But with Mims and Davis, I love Mims. Mims is my man, especially his younger brother, too, Mims Jr. And uh, I think okay. I think he's a Sooner. He's killing it. Kid is crazy good. But um, yep. they do basically 85 yards each, and they're healthy for a 17-game season. That's mm-hmm. a total of, you know, like 170 yards on Zach's side. That's a doable thing. And that'll put you at like 1,000, 1,100 around there. So it's so quite you're doable. Saying, and then the – go ahead. I'm sorry, my before, I'm sorry. I don't mean to break up your take. So the two wide receivers that you're saying is Mims and who else? Davis, Corey. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Corey is – I like him, man. He's got hands too. It's, you know, I hope his shoulder's all good. But and then speaking of yeah. fans too, Mims is ridiculous. That kid yeah, is insane. Is. I remember watching him at Baylor too. He was and he was hurt too, making all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. And he's I mean, dedicated. You bring, in, you bring up great points there, Rusty. I mean, we saw flashes from Mims last season. He was a guy that came on even when you know we were dealing with Adam Gaze and that nonsense. We saw Mims be able oh. to make plays in spots where we were like, "Whoa, we haven't seen." And there was times too where he's standing yeah. in the field wide open. Like, yep. Yeah, you know, and, there, and there Sam just saw a ghost of 17, and he freaked out. Yeah, there was, there yeah. was pressure there, <laughs> and he would take off, and, you know, all kinds of things. Yeah, but I, I could see that there. Now, going to Corey Davis, because it's interesting, you brought up you think he's going to surpass 1,000 yards this season for us, which would be the first time that he would do it in his, you know, NFL career, which I would love to see. How many touchdowns do you think he scores, man, though? Because I think he's going to be our big red zone target simply because of his size and everything that he brings to the table when that field would get shortened. Do you believe that to be so as well? I think he can get, like, 11 to around 13 and Mims probably Mm. around the same because they'll play off of each other because somebody will say, you know, Corey have a crazy good game. So then they'll put their best Mm -hmm. guy on Corey for that. Mims will blow up. Be like, oh shit! Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about cursing. He'll be like, oh, oh shoot! Watch, watch it, watch it like you know. I'm sorry. Yeah. I did my bad. Yeah. He'll be like, oh shoot! You know. Then they'll cover Mims. So then you know it could flip flop back and forth, and then all of a sudden now you have 
Cole, you have Elijah Moore, you have Crowder. It's just like a never-ending, you know, game of daggers and swords. It's it's unbelievable. We actually went from zero depth to like, oh my, oh my God, you know, you're running around with this like huge, you know, it's like what do we do with it? It's awesome, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's, crazy, it's good, good situation to, to be in. Yeah, it's a good problem yeah. to have. That's what I love as well. Because again, we saw what we saw last season, where there was just big time issues. We couldn't get a guy oh. you know, to stay healthy for a long time. There were so many guys missing. And then when we finally got him back, we were still at times being like, man, we really don't have the talent. You know, not only do we not have well, the talent. We were running the old folks home. Exactly. It we was, had so it was terrible. You know? I mean, we had Dotson. We, we had guys on the first round bust. Rashad Perryman and Dotson were supposed to be our number one oh, and two. And I, felt like, so, oh my God. I felt so bad for Perryman and – Oh my God, and P Ryan too. That oh man, yeah. he's nasty yeah. too. And they just left him in the woods. Yeah, it stinks. Yeah, it's just crazy they too. Did. Our running so, backs were insane. It's like a plethora. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you know, Salah. Yeah. And, and that, Coach that, Salah that, is literally. I call him Coach Salad. That's what he's doing. He's making like a salad of everything. It's freaking crazy. It's awesome. It's like yeah. oh my God, this yeah, is what it is. feels like. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you're good in the right now. JD. So my, my next question for you. My next question for you, man, because we're we talked about. Mims, we talked about Corey Davis and what you think they're going to bring to the table. Where do you think Elijah Moore is going to fit into all of this, man? Because I think that that's one I of the more we intriguing pieces as well. I couldn't believe we landed him. In, like, the world of Sharks, he's like a Mako. That kid is nasty, you know, and we, we yeah. got him at 34. That's crazy. He's fast. His route running is insane. And he's all over the place, and he's got hands, you know, and he's a good guy. Like, he's not selfish. You know, he's got he's got that good yeah. selfish, you know, but not the, you know, selfish to where it affects a team. You know, he's got that good thing. Yeah. And then he's got his How boy, many yards Boa, do you think he'll have who's ridiculous, season? too. Uh, I'm, I think he might get, like, honestly, because he's going to be sprinkled all over the place, and then, you know, he's probably going to be in punts and kickoffs. But I think I, I can honestly see him getting around, like, 758, honestly, if he stays out. Wow. You know? Wow. Really, okay. kid, and that's what's insane about it because those are just three people, Corey Davis, Moore, and Mims, and then you throw everybody else yeah. in there. It's like Zach Wilson could, I don't know, man. It, it could be, you could get up into the 4,000s. It would, you know, it would be crazy. It would be crazy. 4,000 yeah. yards. That'd be insane. Yeah, it could, it could absolutely be crazy, Rusty. And so my next question for you is, is there a wide receiver on this roster that you feel is not being talked about much, but could have a big, big impact for us next season. Uh, Coles, with that, it was the kid from Jacksonville, right? That's okay. his last name, Coleman. Yeah, Keelan Coles. Or that, yeah, Keelan yeah, Coles. he is. He is. He's underrated like crazy, and yeah. like talk of like he just goes and he's got hands and he dives for the ball too. He's got good character. Like mm-hmm. he, he cares. You don't see a lot of people diving too much in the NFL these days, but yeah. He he goes and gets it, and then you throw it up. He runs underneath that thing, and he's gone. So yeah. he's like that, that streaky. Like he he gets forget about on an island, and all of a sudden he's killing you. Like whoa whoa whoa! Now we got to account for this guy. It's it's, it's going to cause the NFL some problems, and it's good for us. You know, it's about time. Yeah. All gas, no gas. You know, so it's great. <laughs> oh, yes, no gates. That's what I'm talking about, man. That's what oh, I am great. all about. I'm so glad we got rid of that. Oh. 
<laughs> oh, my goodness, man. Rusty bringing the fire so far. So my final question for you, Rusty, before I let you go, man, is what are your yeah. thoughts about the signing of Robert Blair, and where do you feel like he'll fit in this Jets defense? I like him because, I mean, well, he's played like 47 games. He's averaging like uh, 13 or 14 sacks out of those, you know, collectively, and he's got rushes. So he's like Lawson in a way, but, you know, not – no Lawson, but he he could be that dude, and he just comes with, and he's a big man. Like he's a he's a monster. Like he gets lost yeah. in you know the shuffle of San Francisco, but he's no one to be played with, and it's good. And that's what I love about Salah. Yeah. He's bringing like what I call like a Raptor style defense. It's insane. It looks like a pack of Raptors just thrown out there to everybody else. It's chaotic, but it's like an organized kill in a sense. You know what I mean? It's freaking nuts. Yeah. It's about time. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we have yeah. the Dean of me, Nazo Dean. He's awesome. He's going to lay the wood. <laughs> I like, you know, it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. It's about time. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Listen, loving it. Listen, Rusty, you brought the fire tonight, man. You absolutely brought the fire. Audience, give him a hand, man. Give him a hand. I like Rusty. <laughs> Listen, Rusty, this was a phenomenal call from you, my fan, my friend. You really brought the energy. Listen, next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, all right? You have yourself a good night. You too. It was awesome talking with you, Joe. Gang Green for life, bud. Later, Gang Green fan. Absolutely. Salute. Thank you so much, man. You have a good one. Listen, everyone, Rusty called in with a lot of fire and a lot of takes. Again, 515-602-9639, 515 515- Six zero two nine six three nine is the number. Call in when you call in. Please be patient. We're gonna to get to everybody tonight. The lines are packed, okay? But five one five six zero two nine six three nine. Call in. Also, wherever you're watching me from, if you're watching me, please give my stream a thumbs up. Hit that thumbs up button. Also, subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And please turn on your notifications. You know what I'm saying? Wherever you're watching me from, please give me a follow. I know I'm on multiple uh, platforms as I stream. And salute to everybody. We're going to keep getting to these lines up. But before we get there, I want to hit my guys in the chat. I call my chat the savages, okay? And I call them the savages. Why? Because they are savage. They get after everybody. It does not matter who you are. They don't care. They're coming for you. They're savage. Right? They do not care, man. They don't care. They'll get after you. Every single time, it does not matter. They will come for you. You know what I'm saying? So they, they spit a lot of fire in the chat. They say a lot of cra- a lot of great things, and they really get after it, man. But Lindell's J in the chat, salute to Lindell's. Lindell says the wide receiver squad may not have one star, but the combination may be on its way to be one of the best. That is a great take, and that's what we're hearing a lot tonight from a lot of different people as well is, you know, even if Corey Davis doesn't break that 1,000 yards, you know, we may have a wide receiver core as a whole that's going to be able to come in and really do things because each of them is talented. So even if he doesn't turn out to be the elite standout number one wide out, you know, that a lot of other teams may have, our wide receiver core as a whole will be able to come in and still be extremely successful because of what they bring as a group because we have so many different guys that, 
you know, are talented and athletically gifted and can get open and run their routes very solidly, that they'll be able to continue to produce, even though we may not have a guy like Hopkins or, or Michael Thomas or any of these other big-name guys out there. So that was a great take from Lindell J. Salute to him. And listen, my guy in the chat, James Morgan, all right, James Morgan is going off. <laughs> he is going off in the chat, James. I just don't understand. What, what more you do you want from me? Look, I've done nothing but support you, James Morgan. I've done nothing but support you. You know, I did talk about bringing in a veteran backup. I have, and I still am a big fan of that. I want to see us, you know, really attack that market because just in case, you know, Wilson goes down, I need somebody to still be able to come in and keep us afloat, man. But James Morgan is a guy that's saying, hey, I can do it all. He, James Morgan in the chat says, Joe, if you need to order my – he says, Joe, you need to order my jersey before all of them are sold out on the Jets team store. Look, I respect you, James. I'm sure that people are going to buy your jersey. Like crazy, I'm sure they're flying off the shelves, man. You know what I'm saying? You play for the Jets, but I just – again, I, I just think we need a veteran backup. You haven't played yet, man. Last year you sat on the sidelines all season. This year you're coming in, you're learning a new system along with Zach Wilson. I just need a veteran guy that's been around the block once or twice. It's going to be able to help Zach go out there and show him things, coverages, all types of things. Maybe a Nick Foles, maybe a Hoyer. You know what I'm saying? Well, Hoyer's gone now. He signed somewhere else. But maybe a Nick Foles, maybe a Nick Mullins, you know? Somebody like that. That's all I'm saying, James. I'm not disrespecting you. Not at all. I'm just saying, hey, you know, can we get a veteran backup? James Morgan in the chat also says, Joe, I'm going to throw for 6,000 yards this season. I don't know how you're going to do that, James. I don't know how you're going to do that. But salute and respect to you. I like your confidence, man. I truly, truly like your confidence, and I respect what you bring to the table. But I just I can't do it, man. I can't do it. But thank you for being in the chat, James. And we're going to continue to go back and forth. I respect you, James. Salute. So, Again, salute to all the savages in the chat. Please keep going because I come back and forth to you folks as well. I love hearing your takes and getting your thoughts on what's going on. So we're going to continue forward. We're going to go right back to these lines, right back to these lines. And I'm, I'm going to my guy, Angelo, man. I think this is my guy, Angelo. Angelo is calling in, and he's calling in with fire. I usually get a lot of fire from him. Angelo, salute to you. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Angelo, I want you to give me your thoughts, man. Do you think the New York Jets have a roster, have a wide receiver currently on the roster that will break a thousand yards this upcoming season? Hey, thanks for the shout out, man. It's been a long time. Good to hear from you again. I haven't heard from you since the draft. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I think we got. You know what? I think we got a good group of receivers, and because we have a lot of good receivers. There might not be one that cracks 1,000 yards, but they all might have 800, 600, 700. I think you're going to see the ball spread mm. out significantly. You know, I don't know if one tops 1,000. I mean, if anything, it's Corey Davis if he stays healthy. Um, okay. But I'll, I'll be honest, man. I, I'm not a big guy on Denzel Mims. I don't know, man. I, I have a I have a bust feeling about him. I'm not I'm, – here's the thing. I'm not expecting much from him, but if, if, I, okay. if he does produce, I will be I will be happy. You know, but I'm I'm kind of predicting him to stay in that number number three receiver role. I don't know, man. I, I like again, you know me. I, I like uh, Claypool that went to Pittsburgh. You know, I didn't I didn't re- I didn't think we should have traded down. I think uh, I think Mims might be uh, 
I think he's going to underwhelm a little bit. I know everybody's high on him, but I just we haven't seen anything. And who knows? He he could probably come in this year and have another hamstring injury, man. I, I just I'm not that high on Denzel Mims, man. I don't know. What do you think? I know okay. you guys are all you guys yeah. love Mims, huh? No, yeah, no. Listen, listen, Angelo. We're we're all about takes over here, and I'm all about perspectives. I, I respect your take there. I, I understand what you're saying because I've talked to other fans as well that have said, you know, not only are they a little, you know, kind of kind of not sold on him, but they also brought up the injury, just like you did as well, the hamstring injury, which he missed time last year for. And that's why I was asking people earlier, hey, do you think that this is going to be the year where he stays healthy, you know, a full season? Mm-hmm. Now, for me, I look at Mims, and, and I say to myself, I think he is a talented guy. I think we saw flashes last year, his ability to catch the football. And, I mean, there were some balls that were way, you know, out there with, you know, Sam getting pressured and him just trying to get it out. And this guy was able to make a play. I mean, his radius is off the charts, man. We saw this guy really put things together. So I think that there's some ability there, but I think that the offense kind of hampered his production. Um, there were times, That's, remember, you're right. times last year, yeah, certain games, you remember it was like he would have a good first half, and then the second half, there wouldn't be any balls going his way whatsoever. And we were all like, what the hell is going on around here? Why don't you let well, this guy the number, get the, the number one, the, mm-hmm. the number one corner is going to be on Corey Davis, right? So Denzel yeah. Mims okay. is going to have a shot this year. He's going to have a shot. Yeah. I mean, he, he should get a lot of targets. And, I, and I'm hoping for the best from him, and I'm hoping that the scheme helps everybody. I'm hoping our run game can get going. We have a, a running back by committee now, right? We're, we're, we're unknown with the yep. running backs, but I, I think we have a really good group in there. And to be honest with you, man, those guys are workhorses. You need four running backs. And and hopefully yeah. we don't lose any of them. Hopefully we can keep them on the practice squad and rotate them in here in games. But if we get that running game going, if Zach Wilson can just uh, settle down and ease into the season and just uh, the coaches have to set him up for success, right? The running game yep. has to set up Zach Wilson. If we can run the ball, our offense is going to click. Now, and, and dude, you, you see our next year's draft. I mean, we have two first rounds, two seconds. We are going to be stacked. And yep. here, here's a question for you, because mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to have to start. We're going to have to start paying these guys. We're going to have to pay Zach Wilson. We're going to have to pay ABT. We're going to have to, you know. So uh, we got we're gonna we're gonna become an expensive team here in a couple of years. I would say four years. So mm-hmm. the question for you is, you know, Quinn and Williams. Who who do we? We're gonna have to give off some big contracts. Who's the guy that we don't give the big contract to? Do you think you think it's Quinn and Williams? Well, you think he's gonna walk or? Well, yeah. Well, here here's the deal. Here's the deal with looking so far. And I and I and I, I understand where you're coming from. But the problem with looking so far out is that you don't know what the salary cap space is gonna be, right? You also don't know, yeah. um, so that, that that means you won't know. You don't know how much money is going to be available at that time and point because that's years down the road, right? And then you also don't know who's gonna who's gonna boom or bust by then. You don't know, so you yeah. don't know what kind of decision you might make. Okay, let's like you just said. You just you just said right now we're going to be paying Zach Wilson. We're gonna well, what if Zach Wilson doesn't perform the way we think he does? What is the and I'm, again, yeah. knock on wood. I'm not saying this. Don't tweet me. <laughs> all over that. No, I'm just bringing the perspective to the table, okay? Everybody listening, listen to me. What if Zach Wilson turns out to be Mitch Trubisky? Then what? Oh, You're not yeah. going to pay him <laughs> top money, right? You're not going to pay him like he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> you damn sure ain't going to – you're yeah. going to be wanting to move on from him. So guess what? That would have a big-time impact on your cap now, wouldn't it? Because you would just be looking at my another, mind, another quarterback. Yeah, but that, in I my mind, what you're saying, but again, we're, we're going to have to give. I, I think, yeah, I mm-hmm. think Zach 
we're gonna have to we're gonna have to pay him at least thirty million. If he if he plays well, and if, I think he is, mm-hmm. I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be on the Jets for the next ten fifteen years. I see that in him. Mm-hmm. I see his personality. I like him. I think he's good. I, I see him being the guy, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have to pay him eventually thirty yeah, thirty million but, plus a year at that point. So yeah. you can't pay yeah, him. And you and can't I'm, pay him. You can't. You know? Well, that, that's but that's not again. That's not necessarily true. You never know who's going to be again. Who's going to be on the roster? Who's going to be off? Especially if we move on from a guy like Mosley at that point, that's going to free up a lot of cap. Yeah. That's just it's just a lot of a lot of wood, yeah. a lot of factors there. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just want to stick yeah. to this season. That was a that was a great question, but I want to stick to this season because we just got to look at what we got going on here. So my final question for you is, Angelo, and again, you've had a heck of a call, man. Is when you look at this roster currently. What veteran player is in danger of losing their spots to a young player? Well, I think the the first – I don't know if you call the Michael Pirine a veteran. I think he's a veteran. I think he's the guy that okay, we've got to look ahead. out for. Yeah, he's already yeah. had one year. Yeah. I mean, he's the guy that's got to be like, oh, crap. Like, we got like four running backs in here, and I might I might be left out. Um Man, I think George Fant, hopefully, I, I think Fant, you know, he played well last year, but uh, you never know if he's, um, if Cam Clark can come in there and play, and then we get that guard from, uh, that came in with Zach Wilson, and we, we got him on the uh, undrafted market here. Um, yeah. Dang, who, I think, I like that guard. He came from, uh, wow, who, what's the guy's name? We, we got him, we, he came from BYU. The guard we got from BYU, I think he's going to Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking and about. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, again, I hope I hope it's George Fant because if, if it's George Fant, that means Cam Clark is going to take that right tackle spot. That means the, the guard from uh, BYU came in and played. So um, mm-hmm. I, I would have to say it's for Michael Pirine, and, and I'd say George Fant, man. I, I, I like George Fant. Hopefully he plays well, but I, I don't think we can afford to pay him. And uh, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Yeah, yeah. That 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 was a great great take right there. And like you said as well, especially along that offensive line, I look at guys like you know Clark. I think is a guy that could take a young uh, a young player that I think could take a a veteran spot. Especially like you said, at that at that guard spot, that right guard spot is wide open. You could also look at that tight end position, yeah. Kenny Yaboa. We just brought him in. He's a guy that can end up yeah. attacking that tight end spot. He might actually be a starter this year. You know what I'm saying? Running back, like you brought up. P. Ryan, look over your shoulder, my friend, because Michael Carter is on your heels. <laughs> he's on your heels, baby. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We just took that guy, and he's a guy that could end up maybe possibly being the starter in his first year in the NFL at running back for us. So there's a lot, a lot of guys, especially, again, you go to the defense, our slot corner spot, who knows? Maybe Michael Carter the second ends up being that slot corner for us and taking a spot over some of the guys that we have here that are veteran guys. So you brought up a lot of really good take, man, a lot of really good players. So salute to you. Listen, Angelo, this was a heck of a call from you. You had a good call, my friend. I got to get back to these lines, though. Listen, I want to thank you for calling in tonight. You have yourself a good night, my friend. All right, go Jets, man. Talk to you later. See ya. Absolutely. You have a good one. Listen, Angelo calling in with the fire, okay? He called in with the fire, Yeah, you know, a lot of takes, man. And I know he talked a lot about this offensive line. I, I know he was talking about, I think the guy, guy's name is Hodge. Uh, I think it's Tristan Hodge that he was speaking about. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors. People are talking about this offensive line and things that could happen, man. Um, some people want to really attack that right tackle spot. 
especially with Fant being there. Some people not necessarily sold on him. Uh, there was a lot of talk again. Angelo talked about putting Cam Clark out there at that right tackle spot. There's other guys out there as well, too. Moses as well is another guy that people are, are bringing up, too, that we could possibly go after. Salute to our guy in the chat, Tommy R. Tommy R says if they sign Moses, you know, maybe, you know, he's going to be able to make the move, you know. So, Salutes, man. We'll see what happens going forward. But I'll tell you what, this wide receiver position is extremely uh, intriguing, man. There's so many names that could be out there, so many, so many names out there that we're trying to figure out who's going to be the guy. What, how can they produce for this offense? What can they do within the offense? I think it's going to be extremely interesting to see the battle there. Angelo just called in a second ago. He said he's not sold on Mims. You know, he doesn't think he's necessarily a number two. There's a lot of questions, man. A lot of people thinking the exact same. So 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639, please call in. When you call in, please be patient. We're going to get to everybody tonight, but just be patient. The lines are hot. We're going to get right back to it. So next, I'm going to my guy, Steve, man. I'm going to Steve. Steve calls in with the fire, man. I got to respect him. Steve calls in with the fire. So, Steve, I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Salutes to you. Steve, I want you to give me your thoughts on this, man. How many touchdowns do you think Corey Davis will have this season? Well, first of all, Joe, it's great to it's great to hear from you, man. It's always great to hear from you. Um, yeah, no, listen. I mean, I know I know we're only in the month of June right now, and I know everybody's all making their predictions right now. I'm hoping Corey Davis has. I'm going to go uh, between twelve and fifteen. Okay. 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 And do you think that this is the year where Corey Davis finally breaks his 1,000-yard streak? Like, if I, I mean, excuse me, finally breaks into 1,000 yards for us this year? Yeah, I'm, I'm hopefully – hopefully we will have a 1,000-yard receiver. I mean, hopefully we will because the last time the Jets have ever had a 1,000-yard receiver was when we had Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall on our team. That was the last time – the Jets have ever had a thousand yard receiver, but you know yeah. the thing is, though. I mean, obviously now with with Corey Davis being a little bit banged up, I mean, luckily his injury isn't too serious. And now, and now the thing is, like, even if he misses the mandatory um, OTAs, it's okay because after the mandatory OTAs, we the Jets don't go back to practice again until training camp at the end of July. But the thing is, though, like, because because now the thing is, like, this year. For the very first time since 2015 and 2016, I finally have a lot of confidence in the Jets' wide receiver core because we finally mm. have a really, really good wide receiving team. I mean, listen, I know we, I know basically the only two veteran receivers we have on the team is Davis and Crowder, but, and I mean, yes, we do have Braxton Berrios as well. I mean, but Braxton Berrios, you know, is a is really um a, a nobody receiver, but the thing is, having Corey Davis as a veteran receiver is good. And and the thing is, I really am hoping that this year that Denzel Mims definitely makes a step forward this year. I mean, listen, last year unfortunately he was hurt and he missed half of the season. But I gotta be very honest, I, I felt that Adam Gaze last year did not really play him right. That's why I'm yeah. really hoping, I'm really hoping that Mike LaFleur gets into a system with him. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that as well. And that, that leads me 
to what you were talking about, when you look at the situation with MIMS, I'm hoping that MIMS is able to come in, really be comfortable within the system, and get his targets. Because I think that this is a guy that has extreme ability, and we saw it. We saw at times when the balls were kind of, you know, balls that we didn't even think were catchable, and he was able to jump up and make a play. He was able to snag those and grab those and bring those down, and I thought that those were huge. And then, again, we saw when he was utilized correctly and not just left out of the game plan off into the the abyss, we saw him be able to make big-time plays against very solid coverage. A lot, of, a lot of really good guys defensively that we faced up against, he was able to do his thing. So, like you said as well, I'm excited about Mims going into it, but I want you to get your thoughts about this, Steve. How do you feel about him going into this season? What do you think – how many catches do you think he'll end up having this year? And also, how many TDs do you think he'll have too? Because he had zero last year. Yeah, no, I'm hoping Denzel Mims gets a touchdown this year. I, I, I want him to get a touchdown so bad. I mean, last year he, he was close at times. Um, you know, Joe, it, it's hard to make a prediction right now, but if I had to say it maybe right now, I'm hoping that he has at least over 60 to 70 catches. And if I'm looking mm. at touchdown scenarios, I'm hoping between 9 to 12. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, the opportunity is going to be around. It's going to be there. He's definitely, I think, going to get his targets within this offense. And uh, especially if we want to see him really take that next step forward and put his best foot forward, he's definitely going to have to get the ball in his hands. So that's, that's some solid stuff right there, Steve. Now, moving forward, man, there's a lot of people looking at the situation with Crowder. And they're saying, hey, some people want to trade him. Some people are screaming, don't trade this guy. Keep him here. He's a guy that's extremely you know, important to what we're going to do this, this season, you know, offensively. What do you feel about Crowder, and how do you think he's going to fit in with this offense? Do you think he ends up being the number two, or do you think he'll end up keeping his slot role? Yeah, I think he's I – think, I think right now when you're looking at this thing with Crowder, he is more of a, uh, of a slot receiver than he is, than he is as a um, – than he is as a number two. But – the thing okay. is, though, when you look at this, because, you know, you got Elijah Moore now. And the thing is, like, no matter what happens after this year, the only way that the Jets would re-sign Crowder is if he has a legit season this year and if him and Zach Wilson mm. have a connection. The only thing is, though, Joe, is I just have the feeling, and don't get me wrong, I love Jamison Crowder. I don't think he's going to yeah. get cut, and I think he is going to play for us this year. I just mm-hmm. think that this could possibly be his final year as a Jet. This be yeah, his final be. year as a Jet. And the thing is, the reason I say that is, is because, you know, now with Elijah Moore going to be our future slot receiver, because Elijah mm-hmm. Moore, it looks like it's going to be our future slot receiver. And, and let me tell you something, Joe. When you look at the OTAs and looking at the connection that Zach Wilson ha- and Elijah Moore are having, it, it's it is yeah. incredible what what they what they're having already. And the thing is, like, and the one thing I like what Zach Wilson's already doing is he's already talking to you know to a lot of the players and stuff. Heck, if you remember a couple of, uh, I think it was just last week, Zach Wilson took a bunch of the Jets offensive linemen. They all went to the Islanders Penguins game. They all bonded at the Islanders game. If you saw Dan Feeney taking a beer can, smashing it on his head after when the Islanders <laughs> scored a goal. After when the Islanders <laughs> scored a goal, they all bonded at the Islanders game together. So that's a great sign. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is, it is absolutely a great sign that they're going out there and they're putting it together, man. I, I respect that. Like you said, Feeney smashing that, smashing that can on his head, you know, that, that really put him in the forefront with a lot of fans that related with that, man. They love that guy. So my final question for you, though, Steve, is when you look at this, this Jets offense, when you look at the situation, what wide receiver on this Jets team do you feel like is not being talked about enough but could have a big time impact next season. Oh uh, no, it's it's definitely Crowder. Crowder has not really been spoken to, and, and the thing is, like it's, it's like, and I honestly I could see why because of the whole thing with Elijah Moore. But you know something, Joe? Mm-hmm. We're gonna see what happens. And you know what was even great too, Joe? Now listen, I know you're mm-hmm. a basketball fan. I know you're a Lakers. That was another great thing that happened too for for the Jets too of why of why people who are Jets fans that are excited. Now I know you're not a Knicks fan, and I know you hate the Knicks, but I don't hate the, the Knicks, Robert. Oh, you don't hate the Knicks? I thought you did. I don't I'm hate sorry. the Knicks. I don't care about the Knicks. You know they're not relevant. <laughs> oh, okay, but hey, listen, Joe. So the thing was, I don't know if you heard about this, but Robert, but Robert Sala was at the game, and at one point at at one of their TV timeouts in the game, I think it was in game two, he was shown on the jumbotron. And every single Knicks fan went crazy in the garden. Like, and and yeah. honestly, Joe, when you see every Knicks yeah. fan going crazy at the garden for Robert Sala, it, it's it's a great yeah. feeling. I'll tell you one thing: if Adam Gage was at the game, everybody would all be booing at him and tell him to get out of the garden. Yeah, listen, Steve, I hear you. Like I said, you know, I don't hate the Knicks. I'm glad they went crazy for Robert Sala because they're not going crazy for anything else, especially Julius Randle. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) 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 You know, just, just a couple shots. You know what I'm saying? Just a couple shots. You know what I mean? I, I respect everybody, but, you know, Julius, when you going to do something, bro? You know, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Laker game. I'm just saying. But, again, listen, Steve, salute to you. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. You brought a lot of great takes, man. A lot of great takes as you usually do. <laughs> you know, so it was a great speaking to you, man. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, my friend. It's always good to hear from you, all right? You have yourself hey, a good no day. problem, Joe. No problem, man. Thank yeah. you and good night. All gas, no break. Let's go. That's what I'm... Let's go. <laughs> Listen, Steve with a phenomenal call. Phenomenal call, you know? Everybody, I don't know why he thinks I'm a Nick hater. I'm not a Nick hater. I don't hate the Knicks. They're not relevant. Why would I hate something that's not? I mean, what have you guys done in years? Nothing. Haven't heard anything from you. You know, I'm not a Nick hater. I'm glad they went off for Sulla. Glad. Because there's nothing else to cheer about over there. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing going on over there. Absolutely nothing. So salute and respect to everybody. Salute and respect to all the Knicks fans. I got nothing but love for you. But, you know. I'm just saying, over here with this Laker gang, we're doing big things, okay? Championships and championships and championships. That's all I'm saying. But we're going to get back to lines 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639. Call in. We're going to keep getting to these lines again. If you're watching me, no matter where you're watching me from, please give my streams a thumbs up. 
Please subscribe if you haven't subscribed already, and please turn on your notifications. Also, hit that super chat if you'd like to. Any donation is greatly appreciated. If you don't want to hit the super chat and you just want to cash at me, my cash app is right there at the bottom of the screen. Please go ahead, you know, hit my cash app if you like. I greatly appreciate everyone that does. It's always, you know, it's always great to, to you know, get a little bit to continue to help the show. So salutes to everybody and salutes to all the savages in the chat going off. We're going to, again, get back to these lines after, you know, just a little Nick bashing. <laughs> so we're going to 516. 516, you're looking like a new caller. Give me your name, where you're from, and give me your thoughts about this Jets wide receiver core. Do you think there's a wide receiver on the Jets roster that will break 1,000 yards this upcoming season? Is that me? 516? Yes, that's can you hear me? That's you. Yes, I can. Yeah, Do what's you, up, Joe? What are your thoughts about the Jets wide receiver? How's it going, my friend? How are you feeling? Give me the right. Jets wide receiver that you think will break 1,000 yards this season. I, I really don't think anybody is breaking 1,000 yards this season. I mean, you know, okay. the 17 games, maybe you're going to get one guy. But because I think they're going to spread the ball, I think it's going to be like a game-to-game situation. I think they're going to have enough wide receivers. They're going to double – you know, you get a Corey Davis. The, the, whenever they decide to double somebody, then they'll throw it. You know, throw it against the grain to somebody who you know who's not getting doubled. You know, and so okay. every game is going to be situational. I don't believe. And if someone breaks a thousand, it's not going to be like it's going to be eleven hundred. You know what I mean? So that everyone's going to be around okay. that number, eight hundred to eleven hundred. Maybe there's one guy, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's. I don't think necessarily is I don't think that's necessarily important either for the team. Okay. Because okay, I so think when you, when you, that the ball is going to be run a ton. I think that they're just going to run basically everything. is go- It's going to be run heavy. They got Corey Davis and they have Denzel Mins to basically to, to provide the blocking, right? And mm, then um, okay. Elijah, Elijah Moore is going to be like a Debo Samuel um, kind of, you know, Swiss Army knife doing all these things. Mm-hmm. So he may not even – he may get 1,000 yards in total, but he may not get a thousand yards in catching. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, so, and you talked about you know Corey Davis and, and Mims, and you're talking about our running scheme, which I, I think is going to be very instrumental within the season as well. But when we get down to that red zone, bro, somebody's got to be the red zone target. Out of all the wide receivers, who do you think is going to be the biggest red zone target for us? I think it's either Corey Davis or Denzel Mims. I'm not. I'm wavering. Mm. I think they're probably about even. I actually think okay. I think that Corey Davis will be a main a main target at the beginning of the season, and whenever he gets too much, then it'll go to Mims, right? And then when mm-hmm. when Mims gets a play, then they'll have a play for Elijah Moore. But I think those two guys are going to have the most touchdowns, maybe between five. I Steve is a little last caller caller Steve. A little nuts with the, the 12 to 15 touchdowns. That's a little too much. you got to think about between five and nine, right? I think both of them will have between five and nine, you know? Color Steve's a little crazy. No offense to Color Steve. No offense. He just goes over to – goes a little overboard. Salutes to Steve. You know, he calls in with his takes. I enjoy the call. That's why. Yeah. (laughs) I I understand where you're coming from. You know, I I understand your take, but, you know, that's your take, and and I respect it. Like you said, (laughs) you know, five five to nine, five to nine, you know, that's what you're expecting out of that. But you're talking a lot about Corey Davis and Mims 
And uh, you talked a little bit about Elijah Moore, but I haven't heard you say anything yet about Jamison Crowder, man. This is a guy that's still here. I mean, where do you think he's going to fit within this offense? Because there are some people that aren't fully sold on Mims either. We've had callers tonight that have talked about, hey, they don't think he's a number two. So where do you think Crowder is going to fit into all of this, you know, things that we are going to have going on offensively? Where do you, where do you think he'll get his catches, yards, and TDs from? This is my opinion about Crowder. I think Crowder actually is going to be um, – I think he's going to be featured as a slot receiver for the first half before the trading deadline, right? And okay. then they're going to get him as many touches as possible, you know, because they're going to use Elijah Moore as a little – like as like just like to bring in as like a change of pace. And I think mm-hmm. Crowder's going to get most of the slot, the slot possessions – um, except okay. for when they, you know, they run, um, you know, the the jet sweeps and stuff like that. And even Crowder might do mm-hmm. a few of those. But Crowder's, I think Crowder's going to be traded at, in the beginning of wow. the season sometime. They're going to they're going to see Elijah Moore uh, coming up on the come up, and then they're going to give Crowder a playoff, uh, an ability to go to a playoff team, and maybe he'll go to San Francisco, for example, uh, because he knows the wow. system, right? And or, oh. or the Rams, something like that, so that he has the opportunity to really get into the playoffs and to feature himself to get a better contract because he's not going to get that contract from the Jets. Okay. What do you think we'll get him in back in, you know, in exchange for him though? What kind of capital actually, do you think we'll get back if we're trading, I don't think uh, if we're trading him in season? I don't think it's that important either. I think it's actually just to make, you know how we did it for um, all those trades that we did last year um, that JD did to, you know, get McClendon um, to Tampa Bay and it's, mm-hmm. it's it's like you know we need basically it's like a you Crowder you did all this for us we're gonna get you to a good situation mm-hmm. we'll get a fifth round pick pick fourth round pick something like that um, maybe mm-hmm. it's even just as like a, a, a trade for something else you know for another player you know that would uh, okay. help them out you know something like that. Okay, look, I, I can, I've heard people talk about that as well. I'm not necessarily you know, bashing that that would happen. But, again, I'm a big proponent of keeping him, even if it's just for this season, simply because I think it is important, you know, because injuries happen. We've seen it. Hell, look, yeah. Corey Davis, minor shoulder sprain, right? If this was a season well, and he I'm, had to miss not... time and he was gone from the line, you'd end up with Mims, Crowder, and Elijah Moore out there, and I think we'd be okay. If Mims was off the field, you'd just have Elijah Moore, Crowder, and Keelan Cole, and then, you know, it'd be wonder. But I would, I'd like to keep him, but, again, I'm not, you know, bashing the idea of the Jets possibly trading him during this season. I could absolutely see that. Well, I think I think he's he's necessary. He's important as mm-hmm. a culture uh, for a culture guy. He's important yeah. um, for uh, you know for uh, Zach to get uh, the the pass for a security blanket. He's important yeah. to help Elijah Moore find himself and when he, mm-hmm. and when and if. Let's. I'm just going to say I'll, I'll condition it with this. If Elijah Moore shows us something great, right? Some like some mm-hmm. great stuff. Like he starts, you know, he has the the white the white the white curly hair. Maybe he starts looking yeah. a little like OBJ a little bit yeah. like that. Maybe <laughs> okay. and he okay. does some he does some crazy stuff. Like he takes a slant and runs in seventy yards, yeah. and yeah. you know, in the third game of the season, and we're like, oh, Crowder can't do that, you know. Then yeah. that okay. and and he has a little rhythm with Zach Wilson then I mm-hmm. think they'll say, you know what, let's get Elijah Moore as many touches because they got a good chemistry, and we're going to give Crowder an opportunity to make the playoffs. Because we're, 
I mean, I'm an optimistic Jeff fan, but I, I don't believe we're going to make the playoffs. But we're going to have yeah. a good competitive season. That's all we all hope for, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I could absolutely see that. You know, I, I can see what you're saying right there. Like you said, I, I, I don't think we're necessarily a playoff team. I don't think we're ready right now. But we're, on, we're taking the steps to go forward. I really do think that we're right there on the cusp but we need to continue to build this football team. So my final question from you, and I'm sorry, give me your name again and where you're from. Uh, my name is Karen. I'm from Queens. Yeah, absolutely, Karen. And, again, I want to thank you for calling in, Karen. Listen, my final question for you is, what veteran player do you think is in danger of losing their starting spot to a young player on this squad? I'll give you two. One is Crowder. I said that. And uh, – mm. I think a Van Roten, right? He's our right guard at the moment. Okay, yeah. So that, so uh, he uh, is. Yeah, yeah. Lewis and Van Roten are right guards. Yeah. Yeah, we we don't know who that who it is, but one of those guys, yeah. whoever merges, well, Lewis is gone next year. Van Roten, one mm-hmm. of these two guys are going to either going to make the team. They're going to one of them is not going to make the team. One of them is mm-hmm. going to be the the starter at the beginning of the season, and by the mid season, either yeah. Clark or Hodge. Or one of the you know one of these guys they picked up Feeney, you know mm-hmm. one of them might end up being being the starting right guard in the middle of the season. Yeah, so. yeah, I, I could absolutely see that man. That's a great take. And again, Cam Clark I think is another guy that's going to be pushing you know put a young player that's going to be pushing you know those older vets out yeah. there. So I could absolutely Correct. see that. Listen, here this was a great call from you, man. An absolutely great call from you. Salute and thank you for calling, man. Listen, I want you to have a good night, my friend. Thank you for calling in. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, man, because you had a lot of great takes, all right? Thanks, Joe. Have a good night. Go Jets. All right, you have a good one, man. Go Jets. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, we're going to keep getting to these lines again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639. Please call in. We're going to keep going to these lines. But right before we get there, I got some guys in the chat to Savages, salute to Cliff Hopkins, salute to him. Cliff says if we sign offensive tackle from Washington, I think that's I think he was talking about Moses, the guy that uh, they let go. Could you see us uh, moving? Could you see him moving to guard instead of tackle? Uh, could you see us moving Fant from guard instead of tackle? You know, I could honestly, what I think could happen is I could see that I could see us moving uh, Fant from guard to tackle. I don't know how good uh, he would you know work within that exchange of position. But if we do get Moses, right, I could see us maybe putting Fant on that bench or possibly moving on from him and putting Cam Clark in that guard spot that would be open there. So that's, that's an idea that could be out there as well. But I know a lot of people talking about uh, Moses at this point. He's, I think he's still out there, and a lot of people are excited about him. I talked a little bit about him when he got released initially. Uh, but that's an option for the New York Jets. This offensive line could still, you know, use a little bit of work. And I know that there's people that are not excited about George Fant. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of him, but, you know, he'll do. But I would like to see us get an improvement, and I was hoping for an improvement this uh, offseason. But other things were addressed, and we ended up moving up for uh, Vera Tucker, you know, to address that left guard position, which I liked a lot. So, yeah, there, there's some questions there. We'll see what happens and see what J.D. continues to go. But we're going to continue with these lines. Again, 515 602 515-602-9639. Call in. Next caller I'm going to, area code – Three, two, one, three, two, one. I'm coming directly to you. Give me your name, where you're from, and give me your thoughts about this New York Jets wide receiver core. Do you think we have a wide receiver currently on this roster that will break a thousand yards this season? 
Well, first off, Mr. Long Beach Joe, oh, it's your good God. buddy CJ on? from the Weapon Top Broadcast, my friend. It is good to see I'm... you on the TV screen, <laughs> and it is good to hear your voice, my friend. I'm, listen, CJ calling, and we got to stop gotta bring him properly into the fold salute to you cj i want to thank you for calling in everybody cj has a great platform he does a lot of great things over there at weapons Eye, and we'll get into that as well but he has a lot of fire takes let me tell you something cj knows his jet so listen cj tell me man do you think we have a wide receiver that breaks a thousand yards this season there's a possibility i really do uh, i think that if anyone's going to do it, it's probably going to be Corey Davis. I think that they're going to okay. be looking to him to be the number one. But I think that the Jets could, really believe it or not, I think that if Denzel Mims gets the kind of reps that I have a feeling that he's going to get, uh, I probably would not be surprised if Denzel Mims finishes the year with maybe 750, 800 yards receiving. Okay. Okay. So – I think there, there's the potential. And I think another thing, you know, the last, the last caller that was on uh, completely agree with a couple of his takes except for the trading Jamison Crowder take. Yeah, the reason yeah. why I think that the Jets are going to hang on to Jamison Crowder is for the point that you made to him, is that football is a game of attrition. And one of the yeah. things, when you have one wide receiver go down in that room and that roster starts to become thin – then you have to start relying on the Vincent Smiths and the Braxton Berrioses of the world. No disrespect to those mm-hmm. two gentlemen. They played their butts off for the New York Jets last year. Okay. So did yep. Jeff Smith. Okay. And you know what? They were, they were well deserving of the contract extensions that they got because of the situations that they were put in and they made the most out of those situations. Kudos to them. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We're not going to win a championship with Braxton Berrios as a number three wide receiver or a number two wide receiver. We're not going to win a championship with a Vincent Smith. Same thing with Smith. And this is no disrespect to them. Okay? Uh-huh. You need guys on the offensive side of the ball that are going to make defensive coordinators look like, all right, how are we going to attack this guy? How are we going to yep. cover this guy? And one of the good things why I loved the Elias pick so much is the fact that you could deploy all three of them at the same time. You could deploy them in different combinations. You could put Jamison Crowder out there as, as a decoy. And, I mean, Denzel Mims last year was just beating on defensive backs like a drum. Unfortunately, Sam could not get him the ball because the offensive line could not protect him enough. Now – I don't think that Zach Wilson is going to have the same type of problems that Sam Donald faced last year in regards to the offensive line because I think that Joe Douglas wants to right the wrong of what happened during the Mike McCagnan era in which you draft the franchise quarterback, but you fail to upgrade the offensive line. You fail to give him skill position players to make him successful. And I think that that's where Joe Douglas has seen the past and he's trying not to repeat past mistakes. That's why you saw them invest heavy in offensive line. You saw them draft Elijah Vera Tucker, mm-hmm. that the left side of the Jets 
offensive line is going to be probably an impenetrable fortress, okay, to yeah. protect Zach Wilson. Now, if they can get that right side short up, in which I also agreed with your last caller that I think either Alex Lewis or Greg Van Rotten is out the door. I don't think either one. I think one, if not both of them, quite possibly get cut at training camp. And if anything, maybe one might be retained as far as a depth player, but I could definitely mm-hmm. see a, a, a rookie or even, you know, an unknown just completely coming in and just completely just taking the stranglehold on that position and just saying, give me my shot. And that's what I love. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm looking forward to about these 2021 New York Jets is there is zero expectation, Joe. Wins and mm-hmm. losses really do not matter. And if anybody wants to get excited, they want to do their, their, their predictions, or, oh, the Jets are going to finish, you know, 11-6 or 10-7 or whatever, that, that's good. To me, the only expectation that I have for this New York Jets football team, go 500 in your division. Mm. Prove to me that you, okay. could put, you could put a scare into the Buffalo Bills. Prove to me that you yeah. could put a scare into the Miami Dolphins. And prove to me that you could make the New England Patriots regret spending $165 million in, in free agency with half their, which I believe, I sincerely believe half their roster will be on injured reserve before week eight. So, you know, uh, it's it, to me, it's if you really want a goal, if you want something to shoot for, this is a very attainable goal that Robert yeah. Sal that should be pushing for and should be preaching. Not that I'm saying that the other games on the schedule are not important because every single game on the schedule is important, but these are teams that you face twice a year. And yeah. Rex Ryan said it. Bill Parcells said it. If you intend to be successful, you've got to be able to beat teams in your division. And the Jets have failed to do that. So that's where where I'm focusing on because, Mm -hmm. Joe, you realize that the AFC East is probably going to be one of the toughest, if not the single most toughest division in, in the NFL. If it's Absolutely. not this year, definitely next year. Yeah. In, in which know, you could have two teams from the AFC East, one of them being your division winner, the other one being being a wild card. And even though there's a there's the extra wild card spot, you could potentially see a nine ten win team not make the playoffs yeah. because there is a yeah. lot jam. Yeah. And, and, you know, you bring up a great point there, CJ, and I and I talked to people about this, especially, you know, because we did a whole live draft thing, and I went back and forth with a lot of people, and I said, look, you look at this these teams after free agency and after this draft, this AFC East is, is monstrous. I mean, you look at, you know, everybody I remember was dumping on the Patriots because they had a down year last year, and I told people constantly, don't ever turn your back on the Patriots. Those yep. guys find ways to win even when they're not supposed to. I remember years where people were saying, oh, this is the year that they're going to fall off the bridge. And at the end of the season, they were always in the playoff chase or in the Super Bowl every single time that people would be like, this is the year that the, the Patriots are done. They would find a way right back into the door to slide in. But now when you look at all the other things that the other teams have done in the AFC East as well to really bring themselves up talent-wise, the Dolphins made a ton of trades. They have a lot of capital. Look at what they did you know, before the 
draft, making that move down, giving picks to the Niners, getting trade for uh, getting capital for the future. They also got a young quarterback in Tua. You know, their coaching staff has put a lot of things behind him. They're trying to move forward. They went and got some really solid uh, – they got a really solid wide receiver in, in the draft as well to continue to help him along with the other weapons that they already have in there. And they have a coach that has um, – even when they were in a rebuild mode, they were still beating us. Mm-hmm. Because they, they had stumbled into five there. wins. Exactly, and he absolutely raised their level. But another team that our people, you know, some, some Jets fans aren't even thinking about that has really ascended as well is the Bills. You look at what the Bills have done, they just added two more pass rushers to an already nasty defense. I'm talking about mm-hmm. the defense that was getting after it. So they got more guys to rest the passer. That offensive side of the ball is solid now because guess what? The glorified running back, the guy that I told for years, was told for years and I told people for years, was complete trash, put an MVP candidate season up last season. Fix his mechanics over there with DeBow, and they're, they're putting things together. He's got, you know, he's, he's got a wide receiver out there and digs. He's got other wide receivers as well that he can go to. They put together a team around that kid, and now look what they're doing. They're making runs deep into the playoffs, and some people are even saying that they're Super Bowl. You know, they have Super Bowl potential. Some people pick them as a mm-hmm. Super Bowl team. So, yeah, this is going to be a very tough division. And like you said as well, the Patriots spent quite a bit. They got Hunter Henry and, and the other tight end as well, uh, Johnny Smith. Dude, they went out and got weapons, you know what I'm saying? And they're coming mm-hmm. right back. And they have, they're always coached tremendously well. So, yeah, this is going to be a very, very competitive division. And, you know, we've got to be ready because, again, we play a lot of teams that are solid outside of our division. But within our division, it is going to be a dogfight. It's absolutely going to be a dogfight, mm-hmm. and nobody's going to show any mercy on us whatsoever. But getting back to the team, because you're bringing up a lot of great points, CJ. You talked about, you know, Mims and Davis and Elijah Moore, and you want to keep Crowder the same way that I do. But is there a player, is there a wide receiver? on this roster that you feel like is not being talked about enough but could have big-time impact next season for us offensively? Uh, the Michael Piran. And I know it's probably going to be an unpopular take, but uh, I just feel like that last year when Michael Piran was not really used uh, properly no, in the offense. Wide receiver. Oh, a wide receiver. Oh, wide receiver, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about just uh, a general offensive player. Um no, go ahead, go ahead. Um, so, so wide receiver, I think a guy that nobody's really talking about. Uh, let's see, Jamison Crowder was our most uh, uh, most consistent offensive weapon last year. Uh, Denzel Mims, I expect him to take a step forward. Corey Davis is definitely going to be as advertised. Um, mm-hmm. and Cole is somebody who I think everybody should have their eye on because – yeah, that dude can make yeah. people miss, and he's got scary, yeah. deceptive speed. So, yeah. man, that's a tough one. I probably, uh, I probably yeah. would have to say Keewan Cole on the on the yeah. wide receivers. Um, yeah. Now, as yeah. far as the running backs is concerned, you know, you already know my my uh, my feelings on on Michael Pirine. I feel like that he was misused. Yeah. I feel like that he was mishandled. I mean, the kid only got twenty two carries last year. So, I mean, not really enough to show to showcase the talent. And I know a lot of people are going to be excited about Michael Carter, and I am too. Mm-hmm. But I think that Michael Carter and Michael Piran are going to be the Jets' version of Thunder and Lightning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that, man. I could absolutely see that. I think 
Ty Johnson is going to be in that mix as well. There's so many backs, so many really solid backs that we have. Um, and, again, with that, with that Shanahan system, we've seen that the running game is instrumental within the system. But also when you look at what they were do, able to do with the Niners, of course, we got Sulla and we got, you know, Mike LaFleur. They came straight from there. You look at that situation, it was a running back by committee. And they had so many mm-hmm. guys that weren't big. Yep household names be able to make plays and do things over there. And I could see that same exact philosophy as far as their running games and schemes being brought here and be successful for us here. So, CJ, man, it's been a fire call for you. You brought a lot of great takes. And my final question for you before I let you go really quickly is, what are your thoughts about the signing of Robert Blair for the New York Jets? What do you think he's going to bring for us uh, defensively? I think that's going to be a low-key superstar signing. Uh, and I'm going to be honest with you because somebody who's familiar with Robert Sala's defense, who's played within the system, who knows the cadence calls, who could also teach the younger players the cadence calls and everything, and him coming off of injury, especially now that he's he's just about back to 100% health, you know he's going to be coming into camp with a chip on his shoulder. He's going to be playing for a contract. He's going to well, – he wants to go out there and prove – that he still got it and he could still play at the NFL level. So that's really one big thing that I love about training camp is that this year's training camp has a little bit of an edge to it, Joe. There's so many different mm-hmm. positional battles you're going to have to keep your eye on. And you know what? I don't think anybody's job is safe, to be honest with you. I, I really mm-hmm. don't. I think that Robert Sala is really going to do his best to put the best 53-man roster when they take the field against the Carolina Panthers, and I'm sorry, your boy Sam Darnold, <laughs> week one. So, and, and Joe, you know how much I loved Sam. You know I really wanted him to succeed yeah. here, but it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was time for him to go. And, and I mean, it, it broke my heart when they traded him, but I understood why they traded him. And you know what? It's time for us to just put all that stuff in the past, just put the Mike McCagden era in the past, you know, kill it if you have to, uh, uh, you know, in the words of Kylo Ren, uh, and just, you know, move forward with a brand-new era of Jets football, leave the same old Jets behind. These are the brand-new Jets. These are the baby Jets. They're hungry. They're fiery. And I really want to see this team go out and do some damage this year. I really do. Yeah, Play competitive 60-minute football. Listen, CJ, you brought fire tonight, man. You brought fire. Before I let you go, give everyone, you know what I'm saying, just every piece of information they could to check out your podcast, all the great things you folks do over there, and hand out your, your, your social media handles as well, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, first off, thank you so much for taking my call tonight. It's an honor and a privilege to be on your show. Um, my name is CJ the Painkiller D. Simone. I am one quarter of the squadron that makes up the Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can catch us every Friday night at 6.30 p.m. Uh, again, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, uh, we have a Facebook page. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe to us. You can catch us on Twitter. Our show's handle is at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at JetsFan0523, my partners in crime. Uh, Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman, Mr. Jimmy the Reaper Jardine at Jets by Jimmy, Mr. Harrison, the Fireball Glazer at NY Jets TF Media. Uh, don't forget to go to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Download the app. That's the best way that you could uh, consume weapons hot and get the live alerts. 
Also, don't forget, we do have a YouTube channel, Weapons Hot, a home of the Weapons Hot After Dark show, where it's completely uncensored and unfiltered. <laughs> and, Joe, um, I, I, I extend the invitation to you. I know that you are on the West Coast, and I know sometimes your duties um, as a firefighter are sometimes yeah. fall. But if you could carve out yeah. five or ten minutes, please, yeah. you are more than welcome to hop on Weapons Hot. We would love to have you. We would embrace you with open yeah. arms. I know Kevin would absolutely go bonkers. I think he'd probably kiss you through the screen if he could because the kid misses you like you have no idea. All right? Yeah, yeah. Invite is open, my friend. Just reach out to me, and we will make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. We can can do that soon. Absolutely. I'd love to come on and chop it up and talk football with y'all. So, yeah, we'll definitely definitely talk behind the scenes and get that done. But listen, CJ, I got to keep moving. I got to get going again. Thank you for calling in, my friend. It was great to speak to you, and I'll be speaking with you soon, all right? You have yourself a good night. And next time I have a show, man, if you can, please come back on. I love talking with you, love topping up Jets with you, my friend. Absolutely. I've already liked and subscribed to your channel, so when I put the note, when you go live, I will be there, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You have a good night, CJ. Yup, you as well. Go Jets, baby. Absolutely. Go Jets. Thank you. Listen, that was my guy, man. That was my guy, CJ. Woo, came on, man. Lot to take. Listen, we had fire tonight. We had absolute fire. I'm going to go ahead and close out the show really quickly. I want to thank everybody for calling in. It was an amazing show tonight. A lot of takes, a lot of things we have going on, but now it's time. We got to go. So listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also on Twitter as well. I'm on Twitter, okay, at YoungJ000, the three zeros. Go ahead and follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I am the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. At all times, I'll have my Vera Tucker jersey on, all right? You know what I'm saying? We'll be down there. So if you want to troll me, I'll go back and forth with you. You can also check out the show's page as well at The Long Beach Joe. The Long Beach Joe, you can go ahead and check me out over there as well. That's the show's page. I love going back and forth with people about everything that I do over here as well. And as well, I'm on YouTube at Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Go ahead. Go over there. Please subscribe. Give my videos a thumbs up and turn on your notifications. Uh, You can also troll me in the comments as well. You know what I'm saying? I'll go back and forth with you, no problem whatsoever. Of course, you'll see my live streams over there. You'll see all my content, my gaming content as well. We're going to game. We're going to continue that as we continue, uh, you know, going throughout the season, off season, all that stuff. We're going to continue to game. we got a lot of other content coming over there as well. So please subscribe to that channel. And, again, turn on your notifications so when I go live or post content, you folks will know. And as always, people, when you see me in person, okay, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone. Free hugs for everyone, all right? All right? The hugs will always remain free. They will never, ever be charged for, all right? I want to thank you folks for listening. Without you people, I'm absolutely nothing. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to the show and call in. You folks are the absolute greatest. You folks have a good one. (laughs) 